2: Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet, Sunday through Friday, grnz.co.nz.
0: And a very good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Kiwi Chasing on this Father's Day. Hope the many fathers out there listening, uh, enjoying the program, perhaps with breakfast in bed. Who knows? uh, It's a bit of a strange period in history, and I hope that doesn't detract from many of the Father's Day celebrations out there. But in any case, that doesn't deter us from continuing our show as we dissect all the latest greyhound racing news across New Zealand. Damien Watson's my name. I'm in the Melbourne Studios in Australia. I'm joined as always across the ditch by Mark Rosinowski and Andy McCook. Happy Father's Day to you fellas. Thanks very much for joining us.
2: us. Yeah, well thank you Damien. Look, I qualify. I don't think Andy does, but hey, Uh. uh, he'll be in for a big day fathering all of those greyhounds Uh, That he's got there with his uh, partner and uh, wife, Janine McCook. So, um, Happy Father's Day, as I say, to those who are eligible. It's good to be here. And the other good thing is we've got racing back in New Zealand. Well, parts of it from Wednesday anyway. Uh, areas outside of Auckland now eligible to race under Alert Level 3 conditions here in New Zealand. Unfortunately, Auckland's still at uh, Alert Level 4 and will be till at least Tuesday week. And so uh, we do feel for those uh, trainers who have stuck with dogs and training dogs without the opportunity to uh, earn any reward with them. But as I welcome in Andy McCook, Uh, Andy, how has things been for you down there in Christchurch? You rushed straight back into it with three straight meetings Wednesday, Thursday, Friday down there. How did things go under Alert Level 3?
3: Yeah, good morning, dear Rosso, and uh, everybody tuning in. Uh, Damien, of course, uh, as well. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting uh, getting uh, fair, getting back into the racing side of things. As you say, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, having to wear the the old face covering uh, just to, to keep uh, you know the germs out, if you will. And uh, that was certainly a, a little bit of a, a culture shock for most of us down here, not usually having to wear a mask, but something the uh, the Aussies have been doing for a wee while now with this uh, COVID nineteen, and something we have to do here in New Zealand now just to keep it all at and, uh, and to make sure we can keep racing, so certainly was a little bit of a culture shock there, Rosso, but um, something we can all handle. And I, I'm not sure if I do qualify, but I got dogs, uh, uh, quite a lot of dogs, and I did wake up this morning to breakfast in bed cooked by Janine, and she did come in and say that's from the kids outside. So uh, I think I might qualify. I'm going to scrape in there anyway. <laughs>
2: Mate, I I heard you have breakfast in bed every day anyway. So, look, uh, certainly the man we're going to talk to first uh, does qualify for a happy Father's Day, uh, Peter Ferguson, and uh, his son uh, Dylan credited with his first couple of training successes in partnership with Graham Rogerson in the harness game the other day as well. But, uh, Andy, Peter's uh, a man who... uh, had uh, of course made himself uh, famous, if you like, in the hardest racing game, and having taken to greyhound racing has really made a splash with some excellent dogs, and not been scared to travel over the last ten years or so.
3: Yes, and they got a good record uh, early on in his career, hasn't he, Peter Ferguson? And uh, a record that you would say is going to continue on for a wee while yet, uh, Peter. As we welcome you into the show and say a very good morning to you. Yeah, morning, guys. How's it? Yeah, everything's uh, floating along nicely here at the moment. Of course, uh, back racing uh, in Cambridge at the moment. You're there today uh, with uh, a team of your greyhounds going around. We might just have a a quick flick through the team you've got going around today. And we kick off in race uh, three where you've got a double up going around. You come up with the inside Salency, a a dog who's got a big engine when he gets it right.
1: Yeah, he's um, a good, solid dog. And um, the inside draw normally suits him um so yeah he um he decided to play dodgings with his brother the other day so the, the two of them didn't really take much part in the race so um i don't know whether that's because they knew their brothers or they just forgot about how to go around the track after know down but um yeah the inside door can him and and used pretty well so he's come through that run on Thursday so pretty good so um, i would expect a pretty good showing on
3: You've also got his brother going around against him again in Sakichi and, uh, as you say, playing dodgems on Thursday. What are you expecting from Sakichi today?
1: Yeah, well, he's, he's been a little bit um, disappointing. Um, Andy, he, um, to be fair, he, he got injured and I thought he was pretty much all done. He, I, I sort of got him back and he was probably pretty average. And then he came out and smashed a pretty handy field. So I thought, oh, well, maybe I'm the worst guy you've ever seen. So sort to be fair, he hasn't, his form doesn't really that good, but he hasn't really had a lot of luck. He's been racing on the four fives, back down to this grade. And I think he doesn't suit being sort of closer to the rail. So he's drawn four today. There's only six in it. So um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he come out running.
3: We'll move on to uh, race number seven. You You've got a little bit of a roughie in the market. Go home, Duke. But to be fair, one of those dogs who uh, does turn up when least expected. will buy the bookies anyway. So he has been uh, known to win at big prices in the past. What are you expecting from him? Yeah.
1: Well, he yeah he, yeah he's just he's just a good, honest, solid dog. Um, Andy and Gone Four. He, he really does need to find the rail. and He's probably been jumping a little bit too good lately and. and, and sitting off the rail and then one fell in front of him the other day and he didn't have any luck so um, yeah he, he'll um, you know if he, can, if he just missed the kick and go the rail would be great but um, I keep telling him that he's not listening uh, but uh, yeah he'll probably go 650 the next couple of weeks which is probably more his day than um, the maiden 650s but yeah he, he's a dog that can just pop up there's
3: no reason why he can't he's just got to get the right run on to race number nine, with the uh, the open grade sprint, and uh, gee, one of the most consistent greyhounds racing anywhere in New Zealand. I think the greyhound by the name of Sports Mode, she pins and runs most weeks, gets it right early. Yeah, uh, you expecting similar from her today?
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, she's just she's just great. I mean, um, I like actually rang the bank the other day and told not to send me another F-Boss card because I've just got one sitting in the kennel. And um, <laughs> you know, she just um, she, she loves it. Uh, she just loves racing, and um, you know. She's no champion, but as you say, things are lids and um, you know, quite often there's one there that just knocks her off and um, when they they made a bit of interference and she
3: gets home and um you know I'd expect the same from again today. Off box number eight in the same race you've got Pedro Lee. He's ah, a dog with a big engine. What did you make of his run on that uh, on Thursday?
1: Oh, look, I wasn't disappointed on Thursday. Um we had three lots of fields drawn and I thought he was a winner every time and then when those fields come out I thought he's can't win. Um, from that draw the way the field was made up and, and I was proved right. So, um, you yeah, know, it, it's just the way it, way it worked out. I think the 8-box will him perfectly, um, sky'd slow, power around the outside and um, break the track
3: record, hopefully. <laughs> he's certainly got a big enough engine to do that. He's, uh, he's paying $2, so I'm, uh, I'm picking the $2 a price you think we can get involved in.
1: Yeah, well, $2 a, today is better than this 160 they gave on Thursday, that's for sure and, and more we'll
3: move than on, to the, and, and more we'll on to the yeah 100% we'll move on to the last of the day race 11 you've got a couple going around here again uh, there, there are a couple of outsiders this time chase me down romantic dancer what do you make of, uh, of their chances today at a big
1: price yeah well I, I, I don't think either I'm deserved to be $21 shots but um, you know, it's it's a C45 and they're the best ones going around so you know, someone's got to be the outsider romantic um, I mean, dancer was probably going to be in the hunt of the top 4 chance the other day and then just quick heels and got shuffled out the back at the wrong time um chased me down he, he's just sort of jumped to that top grade a bit too quick I think he's still learning and um you know I think he is a bit better wider out so is not going to be ideal for him because the four's going to cross and, and just see what happens but um I think there are probably two dogs that will improve with the runs on Thursday i um, obviously not racing for a few weeks so um and then me down downgraded on Thursday so he's going to be a better place next week it's just in case that these fields were already done but um yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if either of them put their paws in the, in the place money, but uh, probably just going to need a little bit of luck and look for them in the next few weeks.
3: I was going to go on to ask you uh, what your best chance of the day was, Ferg, but uh, reading between the lines, I'm picking that uh, that's Pedro Lee going around in the night.
1: Oh, I think so. Yeah, he's um, he's a dog that can make his own luck with a clear run. And, um,
3: you know, the outside box is, he's proven pretty pretty lethal from here in the past. So, you know, I'd expect him to be Joe close. Just on one of your kennel stars, uh, Ferg, that we haven't seen for a, a month or two uh, in the form of drink Shoeys. of course, we know how fast he is. Just talk us through where he is at the moment and uh, when we might see him back gracing the tracks.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, he had a month off, Andy. Yeah, just, um, our main plan for a fair while has been the New Zealand Cup and uh, I just felt he just wasn't, you know... Um, just he just wasn't focused 100, and, then, and he'd done a fair bit of racing and a fair bit of travel. So we decided that um, now was a good time to give him a month off, and then it gives us plenty of options going forward um, as lead up for the New Zealand Cup. So he's just he's probably been back and back in work a week. Um, seems real good. So um, we'll just we'll just work forward towards um, New Zealand Cup. It's a bit frustrating because obviously you know no fault of anyone's with COVID there, Amazing chase it was going to be a great lead up for the New Zealand Cup, and now it's been moved, so you know, I've got to reassess things. But uh, no, real, real happy with him, and um, yeah, no, I'm hoping he'll uh, come back and
3: show us his wares again. Rosso, of course, a, a dual coded family, the Ferguson uh, team, not only kicking goals in Greyhounds, but, uh, but still kicking goals in the harness racing as well.
2: Yeah, certainly, Peter. And uh, while we've got you, I wouldn't mind just talking to you uh, about the combination of the two codes for you and how it sits now. On Thursday night, Cambridge Harness, He drove a couple of winners. So did your son, Dylan, who's training in partnership with uh, Graham Rogerson and uh, got credited with his first winners in partnership uh, there with his name on the books now as well. How, how's the synchronicity there for you training greyhounds and, and driving harness horses?
1: Oh look, it works pretty good, Roso. We're, we're pretty lucky that the whole family are involved in, in um, the horses and the dogs, and that, in that sense, and well, there's always you know plenty of help, and we just juggle around it. Um, Thursday can be a pretty busy day, especially with the dogs, and then we're straight back with the harness. But um, the, the beauty is we don't we don't train too many horses here. Um, Dylan's partner Joe she trained a couple of horses here, and uh, I help her with those, so um, it means that I'm not sort of committed to. Um, when the dogs are on we focus on those and um yeah i've just got to get to the races and um, with my driving bag and drive but um yeah you know i'm still enjoying the driving it's um it's something i want to do until i I don't enjoy it and then um and then i'll have the dogs here but i mean uh possibly got into the dogs full time a bit sooner than i wanted to um i was always something i wanted to play around with but um circumstances meant we sort of ended up into a pretty pretty um in a big way, I suppose. If you want to call us, even though we're a small team, um, you know, it's pretty early. But um, yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm still um, pretty happy with the way things have gone, and um, certainly not disappointed that we've done that. That's for sure.
2: And that whole uh, family aspect, uh, Peter, critical to your operation, obviously, and uh, Wendy, uh, obviously, a, a big part of that for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, obviously, she's got to do them when I'm not here, and we work work together. And um, as I say, the whole family. There isn't anyone that comes on the property that doesn't get um, handed a paper to fill out for a handler's license. So um, you know, I always got plenty of people to call on. But um, which is a big plus, and they, they all enjoy doing their bit. So um, uh, it's it's um, it's real good that everyone can be involved. That's for sure.
2: You haven't been scared to uh, to travel and take on the best around the country. Obviously, travel at the moment it's a bit iffy, but uh, let's uh, hope all going well uh, ahead. The uh, these premier meetings will. Um, We'll go ahead uh, pretty much as planned, uh, and uh, and clearly uh, your focus, as you say, with Drink Chewies, is to get to the New Zealand Cup. So pretty much have good, have good enough dog will travel.
1: Oh look, you know, um, I'm, I'm very lucky with um, you know sourcing my dogs for Greig Hall and Sydney, and um, I, I I try not to buy dogs just for the sake of buying dogs. I mean, if, if, if I'm going to do it, I'd rather do it at a level that's you know near the top, and um, so for that reason, you know, I'd like to give my dog those dogs a chance then to race for the, the better money and, and give the owners a chance to enjoy the enjoy the excitement of that and um you know, we have been very lucky so far that we've we'll been able to you know, compete in most of the big races and, and the big carnivals at different times of travel allowed allowing. So um Yeah, I, I and I'm in a stage now in life where I think um you know, once upon a time when I was doing stage if I missed a meeting of driving harness horses I it was like I had my throat cut, but um, now I'm sort of Thinking, hey, there's more to life and um, more to life these days, and um, when you see things happening around the world and and different situations and different families, and um, so I, you know, if I think I want to travel with a dog because I think I'm a chance, then I'm going to do it. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's why I want to do it, and that's what I enjoy doing. And um, yeah, it's um, it's certainly worked well so far, and all going well, we'll keep going.
2: And Peter, on this Father's Day, you mentioned there uh, Dylan. Um, what, what's it like being a, a, a father and, and looking at the progress of someone like Dylan coming through the ranks uh, as, a, as a young person? He was uh, described as a, you know, top driver of, of the future and now, of course, uh, in training partnership with uh, with Graham Rogerson. Oh, look, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I
1: have to say I'm very lucky. Both my kids, my, my daughter's a um, qualified early childhood teacher managing the centre in and She's never really had much, much interest in the horses. She's always wanted to look after little kids, which just gets me. It's, it's amazing, but um, that's her thing, and she's she's done a great job. And then Dylan, he's just he's just lived, eaten, and breed the horses since the day he could bloom and walk, really. And um, you know, it's, it's exciting. I mean, he through the uh, advent of kids' carts, he you know he could drive, and a lot of these younger drivers now are well ahead of where I was. I mean, at the same age, he's three times the driver I was at that age. So. Uh, you know, it's a big, big help for him and, um, having the advantage of, you know, he worked for Graham early on and then going back to Graham's now and, um, Graham, Graham's been amazing, amazing to the young people that had to put the hard yards in and, and I think Dylan's getting the reward of that now and, um, going in partnership, he, um, you know, it's going to be something for him in the future if he, um, you know, wants to stay in the game and carry on he's going to have a real good grounding as far as ownership and getting owners and things like that go and, um, yeah, it's, great that they kicked off with a couple of winners the other night and, um, you know, just hard yards going and you know, the, only time work, um, the only time success becomes before work's in the dictionary. So, um, you know, he puts the yards in and that's where
2: it works. Peter, we appreciate your time this morning. I know you've got to go and load up the trailer and get down to the track. So, uh, all the best for today uh, and, uh, and the upcoming months, particularly with drink shoeies as we look forward to the New Zealand Cup. Cheers,
1: Rosso, well Andy, and uh, thanks guys and um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day.
2: So, Damien, that's uh, Peter Ferguson, and Harness uh, fans will be uh, familiar with that name driven A couple of uh, Auckland Cup winners, Kate's first, and uh, Mimu Chacho continues to drive winners on a regular basis. A double on Thursday night at Cambridge, as I mentioned, and his son Dylan uh, driving a double in code training uh, those horses as well. And uh, Peter's been uh, a superb addition to the, the training ranks in the nor- northern region, as I say, over the last 10 years or so.
0: That's right, another example of a dual co-participant and in experience in many ways. We're obviously coming into the second segment on the other side of this break for Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. Up next, Jenny Bartlett will join us as she discusses racing under alert level 3 restrictions at Waikato Greyhound Racing Club. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. Visit grnz.co.nz.
2: On end track. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for four.
0: Welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on SEN Track. dobia Watson with you, joined by Mark Rosanowski and, of course, Andy McCook. Hope you're enjoying the program so far on this Father's Day morning. We do this, of course, for New Zealand greyhounds first for form. And, Rosa, it's fair to say we've gained an interesting perspective from a training point of view in regards to what the impact the restrictions have had in terms of level three restrictions in various parts of New Zealand. And now we're going to get an Administrative perspective.
2: perspective. Indeed we will, Damien. We're going to uh, introduce a uh, a pretty rare species and that is a woman who is a president of a greyhound club, the president of the Waikato Greyhound Racing Club, who are picking up the Sunday meetings at the moment. Normally we race at Manukau in Auckland on a Sunday but that uh, can't occur at the moment under the current restrictions, Alert Level 4 in Auckland, but it's Alert Level 3 at Cambridge and so we're able to race there. We did on Thursday and we're back there today. Jenny, just before we talk about racing under Alert Level 3 restrictions, gee, president of a, uh, of, a, of a greyhound club. What made you put your hand up for that? Uh,
4: basically, it was over a period of time. Although, um, I had um, been involved with a company in the, the club for about 10 years, I suppose. I've now been on the committee for it. Um, it was one of those things that probably happened. Um, Greg Hall was currently the president and went to move to Australia. And um, then... I uh, so would I step into the role, which I was happy to do after being on the committee and
2: then vice president and then into the president's role. Indeed, and uh, certainly something that you um, you, you do with, with passion and enthusiasm. And I know times have been particularly tough for a whole number of reasons, but certainly at the moment, let's talk about Alert Level 3 restrictions and the racing on Thursday. Look, I was um, pleased to be able to... to the action, albeit um, remotely from a studio, but things by and large seem to work very well. How was it for you uh, on the ground, so to speak? Uh,
4: Mark, to be perfectly honest, I, I have to say a massive thank you to all the LPs that, that are at the meetings, to the staff, the track staff, the RIU. They they handle it um, totally professional. There are no issues. They do the distance, they wear the mask. They just do it right, and they get it right. And they get it right.
2: And you had 12 races the other day. You've got uh, 11 uh, today. Um, Look, in terms of numbers around your area in the Waikato, sometimes you don't get your full uh, list of of, uh, races up to 12 we can have. Is there a reason uh, for that? Are their numbers uh, just just not great enough in in the area? Or is it just just the, the the fact of the times we live in at the moment and it's very restrictive for people to travel?
4: Yeah, I think it's a combination of things, Mark. I mean, we have we have got declining numbers up in the north. We're aware of that and we've been aware of that for quite some time. Um, we find that um, we've also got an aging population with trainers in that as well. So we, and we're not getting the dogs coming in from Australia, obviously, um, with COVID and those restrictions. So that's also making a difference.
2: However, I, I know that you'll continue uh, to push and, and I know that you're uh, an administrator who uh, likes to uh, to put their club out there and obviously also to show uh, the people, the casual people, the people off the street if you would like, um, just how you look after your greyhounds and your racing greyhounds and you're particularly passionate uh, about that and often have open days there at Cambridge Raceway.
4: Yeah, the Open days is a huge success. We have seen other clubs take it on in New Zealand. I'd like to see it be rolled out nationally, and I think it should be rolled out with every club twice a year. We get an average of 60 to 70 people with their dogs. This is for owners that have adopted retired um, greyhounds that come along to the track. We do a number of things, like we have a sales table. We get trainers in to come and do nail trims we walk the track we talk about the actual welfare of the the racing industry and how we have improved it certainly over the period of of the time that i've been involved with it and without um I have, I have to say one of the best things out of those cold days is we get at least two plus, three plus people that at the end of it will go, wow, that it's not it's not true what we're hearing then. So it's, it's so important that we, we showcase our industry in the way that we are, are doing things right, but we have to keep going and we've got to keep driving anything like the open days.
2: Andy McCook, I'll bring you in here because I know that you obviously have uh, your training establishment and uh, some retired greyhounds at your home. And I know that Jenny, because I've seen the photos uh, of uh, Jenny's greyhounds in their um, retired, not rescued vests, which look outstanding. And one of those is ring the bell. But in actual fact, Jenny's had a bit of a bit of a hall of fame, it would have to be said on her sofa over the last few years. Certainly, been a couch you wouldn't mind sitting on,
3: isn't it? Uh, with some uh, pretty good dogs, uh, Jenny. Firstly, uh, very good morning to you, obviously. But uh, what's it like when you get to, to rehome dogs of the of the caliber of a of a ring the bell? Who's obviously uh, he's been a, a superstar on the tracks, and uh, from everything I see through Facebook, he's obviously a superstar on the couch as well.
4: Yeah. Uh, Good morning to you too, Andy. Um, Look, Disco is is just an amazing dog and and I am extremely honoured that not only have I had, obviously I've still got Ring the Bell here, but I've got Thrilling Quest and I've also had Thrilling Brat, as you said, on, on my couch over the last few years. Last they are the most amazing animals, and to work with, um, we try and fly the, I try and fly the flag with them as much as I can. Uh, Quest and Brad and I used to do a regular visit to a local rest home and Ring the Bell has certainly been um, sensational off the track, with actually not only been inducted into the Hall of Fame, but he's also been a blood donor dog three times here in Cambridge, which is where he has been asked to go into the vets, and he's actually saved other dogs' lives. So not only is he a champion on the track, but he's very much a champion off the track as well.
3: And Ros, I just touched on the uh, the vest that you've uh, had made, Retired Not Rescue, that uh, not only your dogs wear, but a number of others wear, which is a, a good campaign to get throughout the country as well.
4: Uh, th- this, is, this, I think, is going to be probably the best campaign that... Um, we've we've actually come up with. It's it's, it's an idea we actually took from the UK and it was through a friend of mine, Linda Bonner, who's involved in racing over in the UK. And she posted these vests, so we got in touch with um, the UK maker. We initially bought in 70. These have been funded by Greyhound Racing New Zealand, so they're in behind us as well. Uh, We sold the full 70, including half a dozen going to Australia, and we've got another 40 on their way to us now. Um, with all some of those I think up to eight have already been pre
3: sold Yeah that's outstanding and uh, with the way the, the rehoming numbers are looking here in New Zealand at the moment we're uh, rehoming uh, six to seven hundred dogs uh, a year. you might have to uh, to get a few more over as well
4: <laughs> I'd like to think so Andy that'd be great and I, and I think coming into summer um, we, we will see more of these
3: deaths around the place. Rosso's certainly a, a club doing things right, and, uh, and Jenny, a, a lady involved in Grey Guns doing it right, and uh, that's the sort of ambassadors we need as a, as a sport.
2: Yeah, indeed, Andy, and I'm looking forward to calling the action this afternoon. Uh, and in the last race, Jenny, before we let you go, I want to talk to you about a dog called Thrilling Norman. Andy and I love this dog from the time he stepped out. He seems to be a gorgeous-looking dog. He's 120 from 31, and you're often the handler for him. I'm not sure if you will be putting the collar and lead on today, but what are your thoughts on his chances today off box number six? He is a dollar eighty favourite, after all.
4: Yeah, I really like him out there today in six, Rosso. Um He's consistent. He tries all the time. Um, first up, run over 457 the other day. He probably needed the run like a lot of the other dogs out there. Um, was gallant and defeat, tried everything. However, I? I certainly like him. I think he'd be better for that run, and, yeah, I'd, I'd have him on top for the last.
2: Great. Well, it's uh, the end of the quaddy, end of the pick six today. And as I say, he's $1.80 at the moment. Thrilling Norman after running second the other day, trained by Karen Walsh, of course. And uh, Jenny Bartlett, our guest uh, regular handler there. Jenny, the uh, president of the Waikato Greyhound Racing Club, if you're just linking up with us here on uh, Kiwi Chasing. Jenny, thanks for your time. Hope we can catch up in the future. Lovely.
4: Thanks very much, guys. Lovely. Thanks very much, guys.
2: And Damien Watson, as we come back to you, Andy and I put our thinking caps on, see if we can't find a winner or two over the next few days here in New Zealand for uh, our uh, Aussie uh, counterparts and punters. They might be hungry for an early bet. We'll hopefully steer them in the right direction shortly.
0: Yes, absolutely, with upcoming meetings at Cambridge, Addington and Palmerston North to look forward to. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing. We do this for New Zealand Greyhounds first for form. Back with more after the news. Track. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds first perform. For and welcome back. You are indeed listening to Kiwi Chasing. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds First Perform, for Debbie of Watson at the Australian Studios in Melbourne. And I'm joined across the Tasman by Mark Rosinowski and, of course, Andy McCook. And fellas, got some upcoming meetings. Let's see if he can find some winners.
2: Yeah, I hope so, Damien. Uh, last week, uh, Andy threw out a, uh, a winner and a, a dog that was also very unlucky on the card running third. A uh, $3 winner too, Andy, so I was wrapping you for that. Uh, I threw a couple out with Miles and Mitch on Wednesday night uh, for the Thursday meeting at Cambridge. One did win and, and the other ran second, but to be fair, they were short, so I can't brag about those at all. Uh, I'm calling Cambridge today. It's one of those days where short price favourites look obvious and there's no point in me really throwing those out as such. It's 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 going to be tough to make a dollar outside of Maltese, but I think certainly playing first fours and exotics should be fun today. Uh, but I think uh, after our chat with Peter Fergus and uh, Andy, I think we should get a bit of the $2 on Pedro Lee, don't you? Uh, race number nine at uh, the Waikato meeting at Cambridge today. Dog ate Pedro Lee at uh, $2. might not be bad double your money stuff there.
3: Yeah, to be fearless, uh, having a look through the card, I had him down as uh, one of the better bets of the programme as well. So getting that interview in with Ferg just cements cements that fact, and $2 looks a a tasty price uh, around him. Thought maybe some value in the last Rosso spring queen. I know it's a good field, and she might potentially get outspent a little bit in the early part. But box one, a spare draw outside of her, 15's the win, 270 for the place. I thought on a a mainly sort of a a place go, 1 over 4, 1 over 5 type basis for anyone chasing a a gold coin a tight bet that she might be a little bit of value
2: as well. Noted, Andy. Thank you. I've written it down. Um, Include in uh, the last leg of the quaddy and pick six as well. Andy, um, anything from your kennel or down your way? Christchurch very busy again, of course, with meetings tomorrow and on Tuesday. Yeah, fields out for Monday, Tuesday. Um, not so much tips on Monday,
3: but some fields just to have a look at. Race 8, we see a potential uh, champion going around. I probably said that word a little bit too early, but he's certainly a dog with big wraps in the 8th. Opal, a superstar. He'll be a dollar nothing on the uh, on the book, but uh, a dog well worth uh, keeping an eye on and just seeing how he progresses through his uh, his future. Really good Class 1 500. The 10th epic Eddie goes around again, who we threw out last week on the show. Meeting a nice field, Opal with Gina with speed uh Victoria Lou and Money Bags who is a, a pretty promising youngster with a heap of speed as well so that's a race worth tuning in for and two good sprinters in the twelfth: Violet Lou and Coffee Biscuit going around I think they're going to both uh, make their way through the grade so that's a, another race that'll be worth tuning in for but on Tuesday Rosal, I think there's a couple there race 6 the two dog Gold Star Quinn. Uh, i think she can go pretty close to winning dropping back she's drawn up beautifully in box two slow trapper outside of a wide runner in four she'll get a stack of room and uh sticking with the evans team and i'll, uh, I'll apologize to them in person but race three gold star lorenzo dog three to run a place only he doesn't like winning he's only won the one from 50 odd but he's run about 30 odd minor placings and he tends to be uh, over the odds for those minor placings as well so one to throw into all of your exotics
2: Nice work there, Andy. I'll be calling Palmerston North tomorrow as well, a nine-race card at the Manawatu Raceway. So if people are looking to get in early there, uh, cross in Australia Eastern Standard Time, first race will be at 10.15. And I think we go with a dog that never got to race on Wednesday, The meeting that uh, got... uh cancelled because there was no vet available uh, at uh, Wanganui. Mr. Fahrenheit, look, he draws up box number eight, which just looks perfect. There's got to be money for a dog and one big prime lad, but he's not strong over the 4.10. Mr. Fahrenheit will be, and uh, I like him strongly. Race one, number eight. Mr. Fahrenheit tomorrow uh, at the Two, uh, In race nine, the last there, number two big time spot I think going to go up quite a nice each way price in, in, a, in a field where there's some dogs with good form but I think big time spots right up to them and so I'm hoping for some each way value there. Race nine, number two big time spot. And Andy uh, dog I'm looking forward to at Palmer's to North race seven, number two power boom. Look, we're not going to get much money there but He's only had one start over the 410 metres. And you got to call it that day, my friend, because I was away. And you called power boom to a track record over the 410.
3: Oh, gee, it was a stunning victory as well, wasn't it? He's, uh, he's unbeaten on the one turns, of course, four from four over the 457 metres and uh, some very fast times to his name over that journey as well. I, I nearly fell over. Of course, I was calling that remotely and uh, thankfully the, the camera crew panned the camera back to the to the board so we can see the time when we're calling remotely, Rosso. When the time went up 22.83, I nearly fell out of the chair. I thought it must have been a mistake, but uh, it wasn't. It's now the track record and, yeah, he's a dead set. Freak when it comes to one-turn racing.
2: racing. (laughs) Indeed, uh, Andy. Well, Damien, we'll come back to you. On the other side of the break, we're going to catch up with uh, Craig Roberts. It is Father's Day, and... uh Craig is the father of, uh, of Matthew Roberts and Dan Roberts who have both made a bit of an impact in greyhound racing as well so probably a good day to chat about him. We also want to catch up with him about uh, Leonard Bale because last week we talked about three of the four finalists for the Greyhound Racing New Zealand uh, Greyhound of the Year. The one we haven't talked about so far is Leonard and we'll do that shortly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds first for form. Just before we do head to the break a question with just one answer in terms of a sentence for you guys, since you both are involved in race calling I've always wondered how much time do you devote to form in terms of preparing for a meeting that you 're calling uh, just in terms of in one sentence uh, how many hours in general first to you Rosa
2: uh, I put down look if we if we say that twelve races is standard for us here i 'm probably looking at about four hours of doing videos and although you tend to call the same dogs. Uh, Over and over if you like they do get drawn up differently and I do try and map how the race is going to work And that's probably uh, what takes the time.
0: All right. What about you, Andy?
3: Uh, if I can steal two sentences, the first sentence I'd say is Rosso's a dead set freak when it comes to form <laughs> and uh, the dedication the man puts into it is just second to none. Uh, second sentence for me, uh, probably about sort of an hour and a half to two hours. I've got age on my side compared to Rosso, so the memory might be a little bit better. I don't have to watch quite as many videos, but uh, still a couple of hours to get it all done and get it done properly.
0: I've always found it very interesting, Phyllis. Thanks very much for that. You're listening to Kiwi chasing water cover the other side all all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds first for form.
2: Around Australia on SCN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds
0: first for form. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. Dobie Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds first for form, and we've got another special guest on the line, Rosa.
2: Yeah, indeed we have uh, trainer Craig Roberts. Now, uh, last week we chatted with Sam Lizell, the trainer of the Stayer of the Year, Shaynee, and a finalist for the uh, New Zealand Greyhound of the Year for the last season, uh, the 2021 season. The uh, ultimate award winner is going to be announced in Christchurch on October the 2nd. We also spoke to Brendan Cole last week, the Lisa Cole Kennels, of course, having two of the finalists there, Trojan Horse, the Sprinter of the Year, and also a Federal Morgan. Middle distance dog of the Year, Leonard Bale, is trained by... Craig Roberts. Craig, as we say, good morning to you. Gee, it was a hurricane start to the season uh, for Leonard Barley. He won the Nationals middle distance early. He picked up the, the derby not long after that, the Waterloo Cup and second in the Wanganui Cup, and things looked, uh, looked sweet. But I, I guess the back half of the season was a little trickier for him. things started off really well
5: but uh the last few months you would not believe we had just had a niggly uh little um sandburn under uh one of his feet and uh, which turned into a a, a nasty sort of a split and it would not go away, which cost us about six or eight weeks um and of course, uh, Leonard was getting a bit frustrated because he uh, he wasn't getting to go to the track. So, um, yeah, just uh, a bit of an un- unfortunate way to finish the season with him. Otherwise, um, otherwise, uh, you know, he would have obviously had more points. But um, that's uh, that's racing, though.
2: Well, it is, Craig, and uh, you've experienced the highs and lows many, many times uh, in your time, which extends back a long while now. But uh, just in terms of, of Leonard Bales successes they were many and varied in terms of 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 where he did it the sorts of tracks was there any particular one you thought yep that's that's the best that's the definitive leonard bale performance
5: oh not really as you know my memory banks aren't that uh, that great but um uh, look he's he's just a cracker we dog he every time he goes out on a track he gives 110 percent we all know he's not the strongest greyhound going round, but he's such a dynamic chaser. He carves out such good sectionals when he leads that um, he generally has a big enough buffer uh, and, and can hang on um, in his races. And, uh, and you know he's won on uh, he's won on all tracks. Um, you know, Eddington, and Mcarigal, uh, Auckland. So um, there's there's nothing that really really bothers him really. Craig
3: Andy McCook here. Uh, just going back to, to very early on in, in Leonard's career, of course, yeah, you speak about his speed and uh, not a, a great deal of strength later on in his races. Was there ever a time you thought you might have had to, to make him into a short course dog very early on, or did you always think that that speed he had would, would uh, hold him in good stead against the, the very best of the country like it has? Yeah, look, I
5: never really... Um, no, sprinting was never, uh, was never ever on the agenda, really. Um, uh I, I just always felt comfortable with him going to 500s um knowing that he was he just wasn't quite that strong uh at the end of him but you know because he could carve out those good splits um you, you know he um, that, that was he was you know he was always going to be a 500 meter dog having said that um I'll, i do uh, line him up in the sprint at um in the cargo a few uh, quite a few weeks ago now but over 390 but um i don't think you was too far away from the track record that day and, he, and he, to be fair to him he actually needed the run so um he uh, he, he may well have almost got a, uh, a a sprint track record but um uh yeah he just didn't quite didn't quite go quick enough
3: just Speaking on a, another dog who's uh, just at the start of his career and uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of how he does it, Raja Bale. Uh, gee whiz, he's a, a big, strong animal with a, a big, big engine. You must have uh, pretty high hopes for what he can achieve in his future. Achieve
5: in his future. Yeah, look, I do. Um, he's a bit of a jack lad around the kennels. Uh, he's, he's pretty full on and. Um um he does not like uh a, a nice um uh, new duvet or blanket whatsoever um he's probably gone through about half a dozen since he's been here but um we and he has to wear a muzzle but he still he still manages to tear everything to bits uh, but look he loves life he, he uh, he's really taken to racing over here and, um he's the opposite end of the scale to uh to leonard um he's he's okay early but uh, not super but his run home sectionals are phenomenal and, and it looks like he has a bit of a racing brain as well
3: i was able to run home in 11.99 on on thursday just in terms of your preferences craig when you're watching your dogs uh, go around to you do you prefer a leonard bale bowl out to the front put a big gap in them or do you prefer watching a, a raja type dog who gets in behind and has that big storming finish
5: Finish. No, I always like them, them to be in front, Andy. You, you, you know, <laughs> if they're out in front uh, on the bunny, they can't get into too much trouble out there. So, um, you know, Dinah Vickers, uh, we, we, um, <laughs> he had us sweating a few times. And and, and look, to, to be fair, Rajar, early days, but Rajar reminds me a lot of Dinah Vickers. Um, you know he's he's uh he's a real hard case and uh he's he's big and bulky and he and he you know he has to generally weave his way through the field but finishing sectional super so um uh, you know he could be you know all going well he he could be um he could be a, a, a top you know group one performer and i've been lucky uh, over the years to have had a few and um you know you think you you think you've done your dash but you know, then a dog like Roger Bale comes along and he gets you excited again.
3: Gee, was well, that some big boots for him to go on and fill uh, in the same category as uh, the mighty Diner Vickers. Uh, you got another one racing around at the moment as well, Craig. That goes pretty handy, Jagiti Bale. Uh, what do you what do you think of him, and uh, what's what's the, him? what's the plans with him? Yeah, look,
5: uh, he's, look he's, he's don't underestimate that dog. He's um, he's as he's as good as any um, C five go well. Not not. not quite as good as the leonards and the rogers but he's he's not far behind them. um you know he, he's 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 got a bit of burn early uh when he picks a jump and, and he's really strengthened up too he he sort of um he wasn't he wasn't a real sort of confident outgoing sort of a dog uh, when he first got here and um he's he slowly settled in really well and, and he's and he's really strengthened up um and, and I think he'll be uh, look. He'll, I think he'll be competitive, uh, well and truly, in the C5 company. And, uh, and I'd like to think he'd be competitive in Group One racing as well. Craig, we know you're pro-west when it
3: comes to uh, tipping a winner as well. We've got uh, the low-grade greyhounds going around on Monday and Tuesday. Have you got one for the, the listeners to, to follow over the two days and to, to put a gold coiner on?
5: Oh mate, I'm, look I'm going, I'm go- <laughs> I have to say I'm going really awful uh, with the low-grade dogs at the moment. Um, um, the high-grade dogs are sort of keeping me going but um, look I've got a couple in the staying race on um, on Tuesday, Zipping Boston and Elias Bale. Um, if Zipping Boston could find his feet early, a uh, super strong dog. He ran home huge over uh, 5.20 on um, last week so and Elias Bale went a much better race. He's been a bit of a work in progress, Elias Bale. But, um, uh, look, if it, if it, I, I actually think if it Boston uh, could settle somewhere near the first score of five in that 600 from the one box, um, he, he'd take a hell of a lot of beating, I reckon.
3: Rosso, we talked to uh, Peter Ferguson earlier, a harness man coming to the dogs. Robbo uh, the other way, a, a well-known greyhound trainer who's now starting to turn his hand uh, to, to the trotters as well.
2: Well. Uh, well, indeed. And uh, Craig, uh, you and your partner uh, Angela Washington had a, a winner recently in, in Safe Zone. I think you've uh, scratched a couple of horses today, but still got a first starter in called Hilda Maud. So we might as well look at it. This is the Addington Harness. Uh, race number six, Hilda Maud number seven. Just noticed, too, you're at long odds this morning, but now a wee bit skinnier at 18. Is that your money? No, no, Rosy, no. There's
5: a couple of scratchings. You'll notice uh, maybe things every uh everything's been reduced in the, in the field so uh look i've got a lot of time for that horse she's um I, i've always said to Anne, uh, and, and she's named after my mum obviously uh rosa will, will, will remember that but um so she's mm-hmm. got you know we're hoping she's <laughs> hoping she sort of um is okay but uh, i think she will be i've, I've said to Anne, for quite a long time i think she's better than safe zone and, and safe zones won a couple so and she wouldn't she'll win a couple more too We'll safe zone but um so, Hilda, yeah, look, we're probably, I think we're a week early with her, but she can run, and, you know, I think a win won't
2: be too far away at all. Okay, Craig, hey, thanks for your time. All the best for today and the future with Hilda Maud, with your Greyhounds upcoming, of course. Leonard Bale, Roger Bale, Jagedi Bale, some of the ones we've talked about. We're looking out for Zipping Boston as well. Craig Roberts, father of Matt and Dan, so he's certainly done his part as well, Melissa too, and for late Brittany as well, he's done his part for the future of Greyhound Racing. Andy, you got breakfast in bed, mate. Well done to you.
3: I'm sure you did as well, Rose. been a pleasure to bring you the show today, and uh, what a relief we've got some racing back to start talking about and, uh, and to try and tip the, the listeners into a winner
0: all three over the next couple of days.
2: Means our necks on the line, Damien, but we don't mind that. That's what it's all about here on TV <laughs> Chasing
0: fantastic another edition of kiwi chasing completed all thanks to new zealand greyhounds first for four
2: hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting